Hi everyone, welcome to episode 22 of Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff, or Chaos for short. I'm your host, Zach Lyons, and today I've got a returning guest from way back in episode 6. I talked to my cousin Robert into having a go at the Kingdom Hearts series, and we said that when he finished the first game, I'd have him back on to share his review of this 17-year-old game. So, welcome back, Robert. Thanks for having me back. Hey, a pleasure to have you. Always good to chat. Yep. So, uh, you, you, since last June or July, whenever that was, you have completed Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> yeah, it took me a lot longer than I had originally intended, so sorry about that. But no, I, you know, life happens, I get it. <laughs> yeah, a lot's been going on. I so. get it. Uh, I, I took my time with Kingdom Hearts 3, and it still took me only a month, but whatever, it's fine, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. Well, you have to remember, you know, uh, I'm one, I'm not very good at video games, so I've never claimed <laughs> to be, um, and as my roommate likes to remind me, I'm a filthy casual gamer, so uh, <laughs> it's no, more of, all... it's, it's not even really a hobby for me it's like uh if i have like maybe an hour a week sure sure or something i i do more than that i'd say but it's something that i often set down and completely forget about it i get wrapped up in other projects and do a lot of other stuff and then i'll be like oh yeah i wanted to beat that level or oh i wanted to keep doing this in it so then i'll be like get back into it for a little while Honestly, I feel like that's a completely healthy way to enjoy video games, so that's totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> the way yeah. the amount of time people like me uh, c- commit to video games is likely much more unhealthy than that. So you know, <laughs> well, no... it really depends on the game too, because certain games, uh, like I started playing Dragon Age, and I got really sucked into that too. Mm. That was after I beat Kingdom Hearts, though. I made sure to I got that out of the way so that we'd be <laughs> ready to do this. And sure, then I was, sure. I was like, well, what am I going to play in the meantime? Because I didn't want to start the next Kingdom Hearts game until after we'd done this recording. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll pop something in. And my roommate has a PS4 that he never uses because he's a PC gamer, so he's like, <laughs> please use this. So we put hey. it out on the TV, and he's Perfect. like, please use it, because I never do. And I'm like, okay, what games you got? And Dragon Age was there, and I was like, oh, I've heard of this. I'll play it a little bit, and then I play it, like, every day after And then you played it work. a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got quite a few hours into that already. Seems like what people generally do with Dragon Age. <laughs> You're not the first I've heard that from. Yeah, so, so, so let's get straight into it, then. Uh, how did, just... First off, how did you find the game? Um, I I really liked it. You know, for an older game, um, you know, I went into it not, you know, not expecting to be, you know, be blown away by the graphics and everything. Sure, of course. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, sorry, so, I guess be- that's something we should clarify is which version did you play? Did you play it on PS4 or PS3 or is it the original PS2 version? See, I had I bought the PS3 uh 1.5 remix. Right. Okay. Um, so it's not the HD you know, version that the the PS4 has. Oh, it's it's um, still it's HD 1.5 remix. It's just they upscaled everything and made it right. a bit higher quality for PS4. But that's what it came right. out on. Yeah, right. So but that was before I moved, so I wasn't with my current ram roommate, so I didn't have access to a PS4. So I started playing it on the PS3. Uh, no, that's all good. And so yeah, that's the the version that I played was on the 1.5 remix. Nice. Um, and it was so it was good and i liked that i heard that originally the what was it the camera angles weren't movable or anything so you get really bad they're, camera angles so that they're now, a bit clunky yeah yeah it was a little bit um 
but no, it was a good game. If I had to give it a score, I would say probably like a seven out of ten. I think um, that's fair. Yeah, it's um, there was a little bit of dialogue that I was like, uh, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> was that because it's a bit like corny and cheesy, or because it was just like poorly written, or uh, mostly it was uh, corny and cheesy, which you know sure. is is kind of. You know, you're gonna get a lot of that with like Disney and Disney-ish, yeah. Yeah, so so that was kind of to be expected. There was a couple times where the dialogue was it was a little clunky, but um, I think it all worked really well. You know, it all came together and it had a decent story. Um, I think really what kept me going and what really drew me in and will keep me going to the next games is you know the the Disney worlds. I really liked. Um, going to all the different worlds and seeing how they adapted them to fit into the story um, I think was really cool how they they sort of stuck to the original story but they tweaked it enough to fit in you know the Heartless and Sora and yeah yeah um, so it was like playing out the story that you saw in the movie but not the same story you know it's not exactly the same it's slightly sure. different so it was really neat how they were able to kind of play on both yeah, I like how because of the way Sora, Donald, and Goofy first meet some of the Disney characters in later games, sometimes they still keep with we're replaying the movie but with tweaks to make the new characters fit. And mm-hmm. other times it's like a continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's some okay. of the worlds that like the movie's already happened and you're expected to know the story of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then this is happening after the events. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a series of movies that'll happen between one and two or something. So right. I they I think by the time they've had seven or eight games in the series, they kinda have to shake up the formula a bit. Right, so I like right. how they've done that and especially in Kingdom Hearts three with a few of them. Mm-hmm. But they still do for several of the worlds also keep it where you're playing the movie, which is neat. On the back of that, uh what were your favorite and least favorite Disney worlds to go to? Um I'd have to say my favorite level uh, was the Hundred Acre Woods, uh, probably just for pure nostalgia reasons. Yeah, like just that music starts playing, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's taking me back to like when I was <laughs> a little kid." Good old Winnie the know? Pooh. Oh yeah, um, and it just it just made me chuckle, you know, like throughout the whole level, like you'd come across stuff that you're just like, "Oh my god, it's all just pu- it's just pure nostalgia." Yeah, there's um, a lot of attention to detail, <laughs> even as far back as the first game, on like the set pieces and how they created mm-hmm. these such iconic worlds and locations, and they've made sure to put important bits in it, even mm-hmm. if they're just like Easter eggs to find. They don't matter to the story; they're not in cutscenes or whatever. But if you look around, you can see like signs mm-hmm. or monuments or whatever you're just things that you'd think oh that's from this part of we the Pooh. that's awesome mm-hmm. or like how the mini games one of them is like the blustery day where piglets mm. flying through the air and it's quite good <laughs> right yeah that, that was that was fun uh i did i also liked um atlantica was fun because Ooh. It kind of added a new dynamic where you're swimming around rather than, you know, just running around. So sure. it gave you a whole nother, you know, that Z access where you can be at pretty much anywhere in the level. Um, and then Ariel, Ariel is just an awesome companion. Like, when you get into a fight, she is, like, right there knocking them back, too. I was like, honestly, of all of the, the Disney characters that, like, 
were helping you. Like I usually just like I toss them aside, and I was like, "Not Donald and Goofy, get over here. You're in my yeah, party. Yeah. Let's go." But, I did that a lot too. <laughs> like throughout the whole Atlantica uh, level, I pretty much had Ariel with me the whole time because she was right there helping me out, and I was like, "That's really cool." <laughs> Brilliant. I love that you said uh, Atlantica is one of your favorites because usually that stage gets panned for being one of the most frustrating just because people <laughs> had a hard time with the swimming mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. if you can get the swimming down then it's okay yeah and then people are like oh well the ursula fight was confusing and difficult and it was, i mean it, it i difficult. i'm not gonna deny that because i agree <laughs> but i like that's exactly why I, i'm loving hearing such a different and unique perspective it's great mm-hmm. yeah it did take some getting used to and the boss battles were i think probably one of the things that i didn't care for the most just because like in general they were, um yeah there was a couple of them that really got me but there was a lot of um i ended up looking up a lot of like what are the strategies to beat these guys because sure. they're such a pain and like after i've died like five times i'm like i'm over it i just want to be done with this level yeah. and move on uh I think uh, Oogie Boogie gave me some trouble because he had, like, these really (laughs) narrow walkways I had to get up, and it was really... And, like, I kept slipping and falling off, and I was like, ah, it was just really frustrating, you know? Yeah. The boss battles are love-hate for me in Kingdom Hearts 1 because I think, on one hand, they take a lot more time in giving you unique boss fights in Kingdom Hearts 1 than they do in some of the later ones. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think this is Oogie in Kingdom Hearts 1 and not 2, but you're battling in his like game arena or whatever, right? And you have to oh, hit the did. dice back at him. There was and something try and stun like that him. too. I was thinking of the uh, the mansion. Oh, like when I he's think like when you go up against the like Oogie Boogie Mansion. Yeah, the Oogie Boogie right, Mansion. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was sure. The, was a really difficult part that I had trouble with. But like I remember when I played it younger, I was had a tough time with Oogie Boogie because I didn't realize that like you could hit the dice back at him and you're kind of mm-hmm. supposed to hit the dice back at him. Yeah. And uh, like, but it's a, it's a unique battle compared to other boss battles. It's not just mm-hmm. here's a big heartless and you have to defeat it. Here's another big right. heartless. You have to defeat it. Like there's specific mechanics that you have to implement for this fight. Same with Ursula. Right. It's a bit frustrating, but once you figure it out, it's like, okay, hit her with this magic and that'll stun her. Hit her with that mm-hmm. magic and it won't do anything. Next time she shakes things up, you need to hit her with this one, not that one. So right. it's, I, it, even though some of them are frustrating the first time, I like how it doesn't <laughs> necessarily hold your hand and it gives you those unique I feel like I'm saying the word unique way too much, <laughs> but you know what I, you get what I'm saying. Right. No. Yeah. And I like the, the each uh, boss definitely had, you know, its own unique way of having to fight it. It was just, I'm not very good at, you know, adapting to different fighting styles. And so like each time I'd come up against a new boss, I'd have to look up what is the strategy right. to beat them because I would just have a hard time. Um, figuring it out on my own particularly when it came towards the end and uh (laughs) going up against ansem and his like five different forms i don't even know how many there were it was absolutely ridiculous um but there was like three of them in a row you had to do and i would get to the third one and then he'd kill me and i'd have to do 
those three all over again. I'm like, oh, why? Why can't it just yep. like save point between each, you know? Something. I tell you what, be be thankful for the silver lining that you're playing on a more modern console because uh, mm-hmm. back on PS2, anytime you had to restart battles, you had to watch all the cutscenes because they were not skippable. Mm-hmm. In the recent remakes and remasters, they've been able to implement skip scenes. So yeah, you have yeah. to fight them again, and that's a uh, pain in the butt. But at <laughs> least do you don't have you're not going to walk away from it memorizing the entire script. Right. <laughs> oh, there was one though that I actually not never got tired of, and that was the uh, um, Chernabog from Fantasia. Oh, that's that such a good one. His intro when like you're coming, he he like unfurls his wings, and that dramatic music is playing. Yeah. I was like. I the never skipped through music. that. I was just like, and I had to, I had to go back up against him a couple of times. You know, I had to replay that one. And, and you know, I died against him a couple times like, on purpose just to see it again. <laughs> I'm not even gonna skip it. I'm just gonna listen to it each time. It's so great. <laughs> no, I feel you. I, I, I like things like that a lot in the Kingdom Hearts series. Where, like, aside from just going to Disney worlds, but having encounters with Disney properties mm-hmm. more. Uh, standalone like that like you don't go to a Fantasia world in Kingdom Hearts 1 but you fight the Chernabog and you have right. that music and that's so cool mm-hmm. like that yeah. and and you're like it, in it the was pits an of utter darkness, shock right? I honestly I wasn't expecting it I had completely forgotten about Fantasia like I haven't watched yeah. it in ages you know so I was like I completely forgot that was even a Disney thing yeah. and uh, and then uh, all of a sudden that music starts playing and I'm like I, wait I know this and it's like <laughs> and then I see him, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And like I, and like uh, you're, came you're out of traveling nowhere. Came through out the depths of, of darkness, right? And what better <laughs> boss or mini boss oh, to yeah. have there? I mean, like it was that, perfect it fits thematically, <laughs> perfectly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Those are some of the moments I really enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hundred Acre Wood and Atlantica. Back to the question: <laughs> What's yeah. your favorite world? What What would you say was your least favorite Disney World? Ooh, um. It's it's hard to say, um, but and I know this is gonna seem odd considering what one of my you know the worlds that I liked was, but I didn't like the what was it the the Jolly Roger uh, flying Bro. on board that was I don't know why oh, flying and was Pan. more difficult than um, uh, swimming? than swimming was because <laughs> it's pretty it's much the same mechanics. It's, yeah, it's still um, using that Z axis, right? Yeah, but for some reason that was more difficult for me. Um, Funny, and I and I'm not sure why, but I just I had a hard time with it, and I think a lot of it was because, well, your inside the ship was a con- really confined space, and I think that was yeah. my issue was that the, the ship was so small, you didn't have a lot of room to move about. So certainly even, the best place to utilize the flying is outside when you're yeah. on the deck. Yeah, yeah, but even then you're confined to the deck, you know. Whereas yeah, in for sure. Atlantica, you have these wide open spaces where you can get the ocean and dodge out of the literally way. yeah <laughs> the ocean right <laughs> um but yeah when you're even when you're on the deck like you can't like fly out over the ocean you you're stuck yeah you hit the, the invisible barriers yeah pretty quick so it was kind of difficult in combat when i'm trying to like avoid stuff and running into mm. invisible walls and whatnot <laughs> but i hear you um but I, I don't really think that I have, like, a level that I really didn't like at all. Uh, I think mostly it was just, like, certain things that were annoying, like... Sure, like, it's not envel- that you disliked the Neverland world, it's that you didn't have a great time flying. Yeah, I just didn't like those mechanics of how that worked, sure. you know? No, fair um, enough. 
I think what bothered me the most was uh, like endless spawning. It took me a while to figure out that certain places, like the the heartless, will just spawn endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just trying to clear out an area, and you're like, oh my God. yes, I am very much a I clear an area before I move on. Sure, and sure. The first time going through um, Traverse Town. I went through, you oh, know, yeah. I think it's to the second area, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to clear this before I go searching around looking at stuff, and I was just like, I must have been at it for like 20, 30 minutes, and I'm like... Next thing you know, you're level 99 and <laughs> uh, still facing enemies. Uh, but, and then it was like, okay, well, I need to, later on in the game, like, you have to travel through those areas to get to, like, I need to go back to area three or whatever, and I'm like, sure. no, I have to clear these guys out again just to just to get through here, but you're just, like, just run past them, but they're attacking you while, <laughs> while you're running past them, and it's kind of, it's it's just annoying. I just don't, like, don't really like that uh, yeah. um, endless spawning is annoying. Okay, so... Uh... I know a couple of things that frustrate you, like the flying and the the spawning. Mm -hmm. What do you think are some of the best moments in the game? Ooh, uh, best moments. It could be Um, meeting a specific character. It could be reliving this (laughs) Disney world. It could be climactic moments or it could be introductions, whatever. Just things that you thought were the best parts of the game. Um... It's hard to say. I can't think of like really like specific moments, but I know there was a lot of times that just like made me chuckle or like outright laugh at just stuff that happened. Um, you know, just uh, interacting with the the Disney characters and huh. You should like give me a list of these questions that I can think about <laughs> that I would actually have answers for you because yeah, oh, well, my bad. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, but no, it did it did end up having a really compelling story. Um, once I kind of started started piecing it together, um, I honestly I was lost through like most of the game. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> all I know is that I'm looking for my friends. And I'm meeting really cool people. Uh, I tell you what, that is 95% of the games, like of the series, is you're looking for your friends. Usually, there's at least one of your friends that you're trying to find, right. whether it's Sora's friend or Donald Goofy's friend or friend of a friend, whatever. Right. You're but always I... trying to find somebody, and you're uh-huh. always meeting new and exciting Disney characters. So um, you're not I far. I understand off. the whole. Um dynamic of like who are the heartless where do they come from you know all of that like well you don't really find out until the end but i was well like, i wasn't I even mean, getting of. like pieces of it well because i didn't get i didn't really read the ansom reports until i got them all at the end and then i no, read I, them all I, together I, and i was like oh my god that explains so much yeah they intentionally <laughs> give them to you out of order so that, that you don't have all the context and i would have i usually did the same like i even on replays like i don't read them out of order i just wait till i've got them all to reread them mm-hmm. so i feel you there um but i mean pretty early on on your first trip to traverse town when donald and goofy are talking to Aerith and you're talking to uh, Yuffie and Leon that's mm-hmm. like they give you the basic rundown of what Heartless are and how they come to be that's but true. I mean that was some time back so it, you'd be forgiven for not quite remembering that <laughs> <laughs> right yeah a lot to take in um, yeah not going on all at once um, but yeah it didn't really explain like 
how it all started and what mm. what was really going on you know like oh there's this darkness taking over and you know the heartless are um but anyway it's uh sure sure it it was really confusing up until the end when it like all got explained all at once for me you know i didn't really put it all together until that and then i also went back and read the um read the character sheets um yeah yeah going through jimmy's journal going through jimmy's journal honestly in any of the games is Mm -hmm. so helpful sometimes like sometimes it's just little fun tidbits but sometimes it Mm -hmm. gives you legitimate like background on things yeah i was um pleasantly surprised by that that um you know i could go in there and actually because there were some characters that i was like i wasn't sure about and then i read some of their background um like uh riku you know so just getting a little bit more information on him uh really kind of helped me to understand his character better sure fair enough so then, uh, if you weren't aware that there were other games in the series, do you think you'd be satisfied with how it ended and having it be a one-off experience, or would you hope for a follow-up considering the open-endedness of it? Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly it was set up to have follow-up to fo- games. To carry on. But yeah, I think the way that it ended uh, was... They definitely did kind of put it at a, oh, well, they go on another adventure, but may, you may not, you know, go with them on an adventure, you know. Sure. Uh, they they kind of left it kind of innocuous to say, um, I mean, I don't think I would have really been satisfied if there weren't other games, just because, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, I like the happy endings, you know, especially considering that sure. it's Disney, you would expect to have the, you know, everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah, and, tied up with a bow. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, we didn't really get that. Um, you are never so... going to be satisfied then. <laughs> I mean, Every true. game asks more <laughs> questions and leaves more doors open. I'm, I'm intentionally, when talking about other games in the series, trying to be vague because I know you've got very little knowledge and I don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But I will just say, every game you walk away with more questions than you do answers. So mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> um, oh, I did want to mention the um, the really uninformed beginning. I think like when you you start off making these choices that you have no idea what the consequences of those choices are going to be. Oh, are you talking like, about like immediately after the opening cutscene? Yeah, when you're right in, like, after the dream the, state? Yeah, the, at first you pick the sword, shield, and staff, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. that's pretty obvious. And then it goes on to like, you have to pick choices about like, what's your, what do you, like, what's most important to you? Yeah. What do you want to get out of life? And you're like, this is yeah. pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I have no idea what to answer here. And how is this going to affect my gameplay? Would you like no me to tell you how they affected your game? Um, actually, what I did was I actually stopped and I'm like, I'm going to look this up to see what each <laughs> choice <laughs> because that's okay, the kind so you of player I am. I have no, to understand fair. what these choices are going to do before. And that was, uh, Nick was just making fun of me the other day because i was doing the same thing in dragon age where i was yeah we gives it gives me dialogue options and i'm like i don't know what to say here how how what should i say to get the result that i want <laughs> that's funny 
So, yeah, that is the type of gamer that I am. That's why it takes me, you know, a long time to get through stuff because, you know, I... You want to have the context and the understanding beforehand. You don't want right, to have to work for it. Right, because I realize that if I if I make the wrong choice, then, well, I'm going to have to replay it in order to do it the way that I want to do it, and I'm not sure. going to take the time to replay it. So it's pretty much just a one run-through for me for most games, and I don't want to ruin that one run-through by making a bad choice. You just need to follow your heart. Listen to it. <laughs> Let your heart be your guiding key, Robert. Yep. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, goodness. So so on the back end of all that, uh, do you plan to carry on and proceed with Chain of Memories next? Um, you know, and it's actually funny about that is that, you know, anytime I talk to people about and I tell them, like, well, I'm playing through these games for my cousin's podcast and I'm going to talk about them. And I say, I just beat the first one and now I'm going to move on to Chain of Memories. The reaction is always, uh... <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, that does not bode well. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the general consensus about Chain of Memories across the fan base is that good story, bad mm-hmm. gameplay. <laughs> My opinion is once you wrap your head around the gameplay, because it's totally different from Kingdom Hearts gameplay, mm-hmm. is once you wrap your head around it and figure out how best to utilize like the cards, Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Like, if you can make yourself a good deck of cards, and this may make no sense to you. I don't know what you've looked up or what you haven't. But uh, once you make yourself a good deck of cards and figure out combos, then you're okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, you'll stick to a few tried-and-true things that you know work well. So mm-hmm. it gets a bit monotonous, potentially. And it, they're cer- it's certainly one of the weaker games in terms of gameplay. But mm-hmm. I really, really loved the story and how much crazier it gets in chain of memories mm-hmm. but yeah i mean at the end of the day when they first came out it was kingdom hearts on ps2 chain of memories on game boy advance and then kingdom hearts 2 on ps2 so mm-hmm. a lot of people skip chain of memories because it was on the game boy right but honestly it is like it came out as a gap bridging game between them and it is very much an important gap bridging game otherwise if you don't play it and go straight to two you're going to be mm. super lost at why Sora, Donald, and Goofy start in Kingdom Hearts 2 where they are and how they are mm-hmm. so it if you want to play through and get the story it's very much vital right and it introduces a lot of important characters Mm-hmm. And 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 that really sequences. is my goal is to get the the most out of the story of this because that's yeah. what I play games for. I play games for sure. the story. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely I'm definitely gonna play it. Um, even if it is frustrating, I'm just I'll probably just like set it to the easiest difficulty oh, and yeah, try to definitely. run through it. <laughs> definitely, like you're not trying to unlock everything and get all the hidden secrets and do all the yeah. side content and post game. You're just trying to get the story, and that's great. Right. And if you want to get secret videos at the end, once you beat the game, you can look it up on YouTube, and that's okay. Yep, that's what I did with uh, with Kingdom Hearts One. Was I, I was did. gonna say you don't need to mess around collecting all hundred and one Dalmatians. Just yeah, beat the game that. and find the video on YouTube. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I get it, and that's that's how it works best for some people, and that's okay. You know, you play the way you want to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's great, and also you would definitely, definitely be forgiven for looking up strategies and uh, guides for chain of memories to get through battles. Just again, because <laughs> the the battles are so clunky for some people. So, 
Mm -hmm. it's good to get advice from other people who know better right i I do try to do that like unless i I won't normally do it unless i've like failed at something like a few times and sure sure until i get tired of it and then i'll look it up and i'll be like yeah yeah well you want to give it a a fair shake right yeah you know i I do want to try to challenge myself a little bit but I mean, this if, is a, if it it's becomes an entertainment more frust- pastime. Yeah, when it when it stops being fun for me. Exactly. Then, if it starts uh, being more frustrating than fun, then yeah, definitely yeah. find a different way to go about it. Yep. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do you have any questions about Kingdom Hearts? Things that so far in Kingdom Hearts One have left you confused or scratching your head. If it's something that is explained in a future game, I will tell you that <laughs> without telling you the answer. But if it's just something that you were confused about and I can say, oh, well, that, this is what they meant there, then I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not too confusing. Like, uh, once I, you know, got through the ending and I, you know, went back and read all the different reports and stuff and kind of pieced it all together, I understand it a lot better now. Um, nice. So there really isn't anything... Um, even though they didn't tie it all up in a nice little bow and give everyone a happy ending, it still, you know, it makes sense. And it was a good story, even if it was a little, um, you know, good versus evil, um, very, um, black and white. or very... Yeah, kind of tropey. Atypical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, um, but it was good. It was well done, um... And there were definitely moments where you're just like, uh, you knew what was going to happen. Like, uh, yeah, but that's, that's some of the fun of it. You know, I'm like that, that comes with Disney and everything too, where you're just like, yeah, okay. He's the hero. He's going to save the day, you know? Um, uh, so it was, it was really, really an interesting story and it was fun to watch and it was fun to play. I did enjoy it. I'll probably never play it again. <laughs> uh, hey, hey but, fair and reasonable. But it was worth playing through at least once, so I'm glad nice. you talked me into it. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I, I have two more things to touch on. One is, uh, this is the easiest game to ask this question for because there's only four new original characters. There's Sora, mm-hmm. Riku, Kairi, and Ansem. Yeah. Of them, which did you like the most? Hmm. Well, that's kind of difficult because, well, first of all, we don't really know a whole lot about Kyrie at all. Yeah, she's very much a damsel, hey? Yeah, she was just like, uh, yeah, she was really, even though, like, the whole story is about her getting lost and she ends up, you know, being one of the princesses and everything, but we don't really know much about like who she was and you know like why did she come to the island you know after they did and like how did that happen like um don't know anything about like her past or who she is or uh like really much of her personality you know we know she's you know like happy-go-lucky like Sora is but we don't really know much about her and Sora really (laughs) 
is a bit the same, you know, like, I don't know, I guess their characters <laughs> no, don't I, really, I hear you. they don't really go too in-depth into their characters, because, you know, all we really see of them is, like, this brief intro of them, you know, all friends on this island, and then they get split up, Yeah. Um, you know. They've got and, Sora, uh, the good guy, yeah. Riku, the good bad guy. Right. Kyrie, the the helpless princess, and, right. uh, and Ansem, you know, she's the bad in another guy. castle, and then Ansem, the the true baddie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's pretty. <coughs> it's difficult to gauge when none of them have a whole lot of depth. Yeah, there isn't a whole lot of depth to their personality that I've That's fair. Yeah. been able to see. So I couldn't really say like, oh, I like this person or I I don't like that person. I will say that I I didn't really care for Riku all that much. Um, just because he seems uh, pretty antagonistic to Sora. Like, he's always trying to compete with him, and he's always trying to, like, jab at him about, like, you know, because, like, any time you, like, interact with him, it's always a competition, whether it's a race or it's a fight or it's, you know, uh, he's picking on him about liking Kyrie, and, you know, it's he's always kind of, like, this antagonistic personality. Um, kind of like a dude bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was kind of a little, I was like, I don't know if I really like this guy. Um, but, um, yeah, I try not to hold that against him. You know, you can tell he's um, he's more of like a, a brooding soul. Like he's sure. got like dark past and everything. So I'm curious to see like where that, that moody kind of thing comes from like what's going on with him why is he i mean like he was living on this like tropical paradise island why is he so like gung-ho to like get off of this world and like because he he seems like he's trying to like escape that's why he was so anxious to like go into the darkness in order to leave you know like why are you so anxiously like i understand sora like wants to, you know, discover what's out there and, like, see where Kyrie's from and, and, and explore, you know. But, uh... It Riku, feels like Riku just wants to go away. Yeah, he seems like he was just trying to run away from something. And I'm like, mm. where is that coming from? You know, what's... what? Who hurt you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> this entire time you're talking, I'm just like, I know this context. I know the answer to that. I know it. I'm like, I'm so excited for you to keep playing. I'm like... I'm looking forward to you playing Chain of Memories because there's more mm. of some of this stuff there. I'm excited cool. for you to play Birth by Sleep because there's answers to several of your points there. I'm excited for you to reach uh, just everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you're going to keep with it and uh, have a solid go at Chain of Memories because I definitely mm. want to keep this uh, ongoing review series with you. I th- I'm quite excited to keep going. Mm-hmm. Definitely, me too. I'm very much looking forward to it, and hopefully, I won't take nearly as long on the next game. <laughs> oh no worries. Like I said, you take your time. I'm, I've uh, had plenty of other fun and interesting and entertaining guests in between episode six and episode twenty-two, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there will be plenty more to fill the time between episode twenty-two and 
35, whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah, you're back. Unfortunately, I did have to stop listening to your podcast because <laughs> I, I found that I was having to skip like more than half of the episode because like anytime you guys start talking about anything in detail, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, skip, 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 skip. And then yeah, like, yeah, for sure. And then I don't know what you guys are talking about. So I'll listen for a little while and then you guys will start talking about it. And I'm like, oh, I got to skip some more. Yeah, no, I, so I, I was just like, I'll wait, understand. <laughs> I'll wait until I get at least to like two and then i'll start listening again but yeah maybe <laughs> no that's fair and and yeah i get it <laughs> you know me i i i have this thing against spoilers i yeah you really, want to go in really blind for sure yes, absolutely absolutely like just think about the fact that you didn't know about chernabog and like going into that fight and be like what yeah was, that's awesome was like mind-blowing to be able to experience it. that not knowing it was going to happen would be so cool i think yeah. i mentioned this last time like i'm just so insanely jealous that you're getting to <laughs> see all these with fresh right. unspoiled eyes yeah it's amazing it's, it's really, really cool to just i'm living vicariously moments. through you <laughs> right <laughs> so the the last thing i wanted to uh follow up on is also in our previous episode together hmm. uh, i had talked you into playing kingdom hearts and right. you were trying to talk me into playing skyrim right and i just wanted to comment on that real quick to say, mm-hmm. I have not played Skyrim at all yet. <laughs> I had a feeling. Um, I want to. Yeah. I really want to. Part of it is that uh, for a while, I was caught up in other games, and mm-hmm. someone, a friend, let me borrow Spider-Man for PS4, middle of last year, and it took me several months to get through it, and I was like really excited, like I was really thoroughly enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as I beat that, Kingdom Hearts three came out, and obviously that was my focus. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just beat that like two, three weeks ago, something like that. So I'm I'm now starting to, like I'm still playing post game content of Kingdom Hearts three, but I'm also mm-hmm. kind of doing other games as well now. Right. In the in the aftermath, just like fluffy things to let it all sink in still. Mm-hmm. But I I mean that's but, understandable. It it's it's a pretty large game, so it, it you kinda have yeah, to I wanna have you know plan for it. Enough um, attention span I to think, dedicate to it. Uh something that is not forgivable though is that I actually, one of the episodes that I did listen to, I, you mentioned at one point that you hadn't seen the movie Tarzan? Is that, like, have you still not seen that? I have now watched about half of it. Oh my then. god, how do you watch uh, Because I tried to watch it with my three-year-old, and she got about halfway through uh. before she got distracted, and she was like, I don't want to watch this anymore, so I was like, okay. And so I've watched about half of it now. That's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a good one, though. It's definitely worth no, sitting I've, down and watching. I've got a list of Disney movies that I have acquired, but I have not watched yet. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's uh, Treasure Planet, there's Hunchback mm-hmm. of Notre Dame, there's Tarzan, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple others I can't recall off the top of my head. But, yeah, there's several that I just never got around to seeing over the years and mm-hmm. am keen to. Just haven't <laughs> yet. But right. the main reason why I haven't got Skyrim yet is because because I don't have the time usually to dedicate sitting in front of the TV. Yeah. I I really want to get it for Switch because that mm-hmm. I can take with me and I can have it's a very easy turn on turn off whenever you have chance. So I could play yeah. it 10 minutes at a time when I have 10 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be a lot more well suited to my playstyle and my current lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But video games here in New Zealand where I live are already inflated from uh, U.S. prices because there they're about sixty dollars U.S. Mm-hmm. and here they're a brand new game 
on console costs about a hundred bucks New Zealand, which comes out to like eighty dollars New Zealand mm. or eighty dollars US. Right. So it's like twenty dollars more expensive here than it would be there. Right. And if that's not enough, I I usually just wait for sales for things. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Skyrim is an eight-year-old game, <laughs> Se- seven and a half, something like that. Yeah. And even though it just came to Switch a year or two ago, it's still mm-hmm. a seven and a half year old game. <laughs> and I'm not going to pay full price on a game that's been out for seven to eight years. Right. Yeah. Definitely and not. like Bethesda games usually drop in price pretty quickly, like within six to 12 months. But mm-hmm. this one still has not. I could look up the Xbox 360 version or the Xbox One version or the PC version. They're all much, much cheaper and affordable. But mm-hmm. the Switch version <laughs> is still high up there. They'll have like 50% off everything in the store sale, and Skyrim will still be 10% off, <laughs> which is still like right. 60 bucks US. Mm-hmm. I just cannot justify it. So right. I'm just yeah, waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Skyrim on Switch to come down in price. <laughs> I'm visiting the US later this year. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be more affordable there, and maybe I'll grab it there. Right. But I just I still have every intention of giving it a go. I just haven't been able to afford it yet. Right. So hey, that's understandable. There's, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so then maybe maybe next time once you beat Chain of Memories, it'll be you review Chain of Memories and I give my impressions on Skyrim. We'll see. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then I probably wouldn't have beaten it by the time I get there because it's such a long and involved game. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, actually, the the main story of Skyrim you can actually get through fairly quickly. Uh, it's yeah, can the... can be. <laughs> it's it's all you the know other, how I play, Robert. The, you know, you know my play style. You get sidetracked I... by <laughs> everything. Yeah, can and will are two completely different words. <laughs> so, at any rate, yeah, I'll I'll try and get Skyrim for next time. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But on that note, uh, is there anything else you have to say about Kingdom Hearts One? I mean, I had a couple of things on my list, but nothing, uh, nothing really pressing. I think the no, only, the only really thing that I would like to mention, uh, because it actually has to do with something that I don't know. You've probably heard, but I don't know if you have. So I wanted to mention it. Um, I was really surprised to see Aerith, because you know she did. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, just, just that was, uh, you know, seven was the only Final Fantasy game that I played. Um, yeah. You know, and I did put a lot of time into that. So, you know, her death was like a huge impact on, you know, like my childhood. <laughs> yeah, know, no, like, for sure. It was a pivotal as, point as in that was game. it for us all. And um, it was just, it was, it was really crazy. So, like having her just like pop up in this game, I'm like what (laughs) i love that you didn't even know that like that was one of the things before kingdom hearts was like a big title and when Mm -hmm. its main selling point before any other games were talked about and it was just kingdom hearts one one of the like i remember reading an article that was titled era eras lives uh, in kingdom the new square enix disney crossover whatever you know it was like that was a headline, a selling mm-hmm. point, because they were like this fan favorite that had this sad, distressing death in her original game is back mm-hmm. for this right. happy crossover. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I love um, that you didn't even know that. That's yeah, so cool. did not expect that. Like I knew Cloud was in it because I'd seen like a screenshot of him or whatever. Sure. Was, so I knew he was in it, but I did not expect her. Mm. Um, 
which which brings me to have you heard the the fan theory about saying that well it wasn't actually Sephiroth that killed her it was actually Cloud uh, I think I've heard that her. once upon a time because like basically she was um, paralyzed because she was stabbed through the spine yeah. and she was in shock so she passed out and then Cloud so technically she was still oh, alive and yeah, then Cloud but puts then her he in the water her. and she sinks to the bottom so yeah she no I have heard that yeah it's so like, dark that's, and that's funny. horrible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> what, what a great note to end on, you know. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So thanks for joining me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you answered this with a negative last time, but is there anywhere listeners can find you online or just next time you're on Kingdom Hearts? Um, yeah, I don't really have an online presence. Uh, I will give a shout out to Buster. And his Instagram page, uh, Break with Buster, because why not? Yeah, fair um, enough. So interesting pictures of, you know, Buster doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll understand who Buster is when you go check out the Instagram. Yeah. What was, what was the name again? Uh, Break with Buster. Break with Buster. Beautiful. Yep. Awesome. Well, this has been episode 22 of Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff. You can find the show on Twitter at ChaosCast. That's Chaos with a K. And you can find me as well at Zachary P. Lyons. Chaos is a part of the Nerd Pals Network, which you can find at nerdpals.network, and by searching for Super Nerd Pals on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Super Nerd Pals, Kingdom Hearts, and other stuff, and my new limited-run show, Wonderful, a celebration of Pokemon Snap, all share a feed together, so just search for Super Nerd Pals on any of those platforms to find them all in one convenient spot. Thanks as well to Andrew Henkinson and Project Estadi for my excellent theme music. Check out more of Project Estadi's music at projectestadi.bandcamp.com. Thank you again for listening to Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff. May your heart be your guiding key.